Welcome back to the second episode of From Where We Sit. Today I'm being joined by Tunuje Apte, who is a digital media coordinator here at DNW. I'm very excited to talk to her about her experiences, and I think she brings a very unique perspective to the advertising and marketing world. Tunuja, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. I, I love that you're here. Thank you so much. I'd love to start with a little bit about yourself. You're obviously a coordinator here at DNW. You've been here for almost a year now. But talk about getting up to this position, your, some of your college experience. You know, How did you get to this spot here and why media marketing? Yeah, sure. It's been a great journey, uh, but quite different journey. A lot of like struggles with family, I would say. So back, um, I come from India, uh, and particularly Mumbai city. Um, so back uh, from my home country, I did my bachelor's in biotechnology, which is a completely different field than what I am in right now, because my family comes from a bio biochemistry, biology, that kind of background. So that was something to look up to. So I did biotechnology for a while. I really liked it. I realized that that's something I really like to read articles about, get invested in. But I didn't see myself having a fire, a passion. That's when I realized that's something not what I should pursue. And then I took a break for a year. I got into family business. We do manufacturing for like pharmaceutical companies. That's when I realized that getting into the business, the nitty gritty, I realized I love talking to people. Like if you create a product, you create a service, you have to eventually sell it. Like, so you require that skill set of talking to people, not being shy, going out there, doing market research. That's market research is top one that everyone needs to know as a marketeer. So that's when I realized that, okay, I need to, you know, I'm interested in doing a business degree. So I got into MBA school. I did my MBA, but in MBA, like in the first year, you have like a lot of subjects, operations, finance, which I really did very bad on. <laughs> and then I realized that, okay, marketing is the thing. Yeah. So I did marketing. I did very well in that. But then as I was looking forward to getting in a job, I realized that the kind of roles I was getting, it was like a traditional marketing. And then as being, you know, in this new generation, as looking as to what's happening around me, the marketing trends. Mm. And that's when I myself created an influencer profile. No one knows about it. <laughs> and I created, I actually launched a sponsored post and I collected data. I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted to know what is there people are doing in the world because I was seeing this like new, it was like 2018 and 2017, something around those time gaps when I created that post and I got like data, like which countries, uh, gender female who looked at my post and I was like okay that's something I want to do and that's when I did research and I was like okay I want to do my master's in digital marketing so then I came to US and I did my MS in marketing from University of Cincinnati that's when I was given like live projects and I specifically chose this university because it was the headquarter of PNG and that's when like okay I'll get like more insights and work on live projects from companies like that. So, and I also took courses like Google Analytics, Web Analytics, and that's when I learned the part two of like analyzing data and giving you recommendations. Yeah. But I knew from there that, okay, I want to do the part one. The part one is where you build up the campaign. You give uh, the specifications of how you want the campaign. And that's when you talk to the client or you talk to the agencies, you understand what the requirements are and you kind of make the most of their dollars. Like, you know, mm -hmm. 
traditional marketing it's like billboard but does our generation really go and explore a product looking at the billboard i'm seeing the trend is going down they are yeah. more on instagram facebook and they are going to go and explore your service or product if they see it there so that's when like the long list of how i got here and i'm really great that i got to know about this role as the digital media coordinator where i'm learning from ground zero as to yeah. how to build a campaign how to understand what's right for the client because the client usually gives you a brief but it's your responsibility to tell them which platform works well for this kind of budget or this kind of campaign goal so that's when i'm i'm still learning uh, yeah. but it's been phenomenal and i'm really loving my job Awesome. So in in a, some ways you have a lot of experience but in others you're starting your career in that you are a coordinator at at the agency. I was curious to know do you feel like your age and experience and maturity like it helps in your job even though in some ways there could be people that would be 22 to 23 in a position like yours. Do you feel like you're behind? Do you feel like actually you're going to move quicker because and and move faster in your career because you have so much experience and maturity? How do you perceive the you know being 30 plus and you know starting your career in in the US um i think um i don't feel that i'm behind i just i just really love that i get the experience of being from an another country and like learning or like studying in another country and then again doing a degree in another country it gets you kind of different perspectives because i again said the kind of marketing traditional digital marketing or even i worked at an ad agency called ogilvy and mather as an intern just the a little bit bigger than dnw by <laughs> maybe a couple people go ahead <laughs> but the things how uh things that are there done because it's it's again like a new york based company but i yeah. worked in india so the perspectives the how you place or how you present your ideas are very different mm. in uh, my home country versus how you present your ideas or how things are done here mm. so i feel i kind of have more experience of how you you know how you cater because again like a campaign is catered towards an audience but you're always catering also to a client when you talk to them so they come from different perspectives they you can have a client who is from a different geographical market so you need to know how uh, what their expectations are how how do they like a particular way of communicating so i think i bring that to the platform as well as with age you understand that you need to have patience like you always think that if you are in a particular role and you know it better even from the client or the agency you you need to know that even they are coming with a certain kind of experience in maybe their field maybe not in the field that you are you know talking about but you need to like st- sit tight listen to what they have to say and maybe present your same idea but in a different fashion yeah. so that you align with them because you're talking CTRs and CPAs and they are talking financial terms like the person the next the person they are talking they are taking decisions on a campaign budget uh so you need to align on the same page as they are yeah. and you need to be very good at communicating but a language that can get across to anyone who is making the decision yeah you, what i love is you're talking a lot about perspective and i always think personally perspective is maybe the most important thing people can have but of course it's one of those things that a lot of times comes with age but that's why i'm impressed with younger generations you know again going back to some age i'm i'm 40 and kind of come between more of an old school and a, a newer school generation i'd be considered a very old millennial is 
younger generations come to jobs with so much more perspective. And I think it's because they're exposed to more things, whether it's through social media or other people's experiences. They have so much more exposure, which matures them quicker than what would have happened 20 years ago. And that perspective, I think, helps them in their jobs, helps them advance quicker, helps them bring more to the table than what would have been. So when, you know, when I was 22, 23, being a coordinator in a, at an agency in Detroit, I had no perspective, no worldliness to myself, no context where I think more people that are coming in to roles bring context. You bring a lot of context with your experience, your education, and just you know being from a different country and moving to the U.S. and now being here. How long have you been in the U.S. for? This year is like almost four years. Awesome. You were in Cincinnati. You're in Seattle now. Your husband works at Amazon. Um, but what's challenges did you face applying for jobs? And then is there any advice you'd give to someone navigating a job specifically in your situation, someone who maybe is on a work visa, but is trying to get their start in an industry? Because I know, you know, I could sense when we had conversations you're bringing on, you were very appreciative that, man, this sounds self-congratulatory, but like that I was not letting it inhibit our discussions and and bringing you on board. Did you feel like that was, you were nervous about that when when you apply to positions, is there any pieces of advice you'd give? And talk about some of the challenges that you you maybe faced. Yeah, definitely. Um, as an immigrant, there are like two categories that all immigrants would know. One is for like people who do STEM. STEM is yeah. like science, technology, engineering, math kind of degrees. Yeah. In U.S., they get like a three-year um, work like free they can do after they graduate. And then within the three years, they, the employer has to apply for the H-1B. Whereas people like uh, who do degrees in MBA or marketing, yeah. it's 10x harder. I just get one year. Yeah. So in one year, if you don't get an employer who sponsors you for H-1B, you have to move back to your home country. And I knew this fact from day one. Yeah. Uh, but that's when I took the risk that this is my passion. I'm going to do this degree and from University of Cincinnati. No matter if I land up in some other country for the job. Yeah. But um, the job, getting a job in U.S. was not the goal. My goal was getting the degree from the university that I wanted. So that kind of clarity, every immigrant needs to have. But when it comes to marketing, it's you just get one year. Yeah. So in that one year, you have to make most of it. Like you have to go out, reach out to your professors, talk to them. And basically, if you come from another country, it's very important as a marketer that you Talk to as many people as you can who are born here in any country that you do your education. You understand the target audience. Whenever I used to go to a grocery store in Kroger, I used to observe, okay, what are their point of sale? What are they doing? What are these products? What are these brands? You have to you know, integrate yourself into that geographical market. If you do that, eventually you will be able to sell yourself to get a good job and a good yeah. position that you want. So, But yeah, the advice that I would do is... You need to know your visa facts as to like where you stand. You need to have a thorough clarity of how well you communicate with any of the employer that you know you interview with. And you share all the details that are required so that yeah. the employer also knows the steps that they need to take to hire you successfully. And that's that's it. You have to have a positive attitude. Like, yeah. That's it. Well, one, we need to petition to get marketing somehow included in STEM because there's elements maybe, uh, especially of math and how much data we work with so that we can get in that three-year plan. <laughs> Secondly, I, I think personally I was naive to any of the paperwork or things that would be involved or challenges that you faced when we interviewed. Honestly, we didn't even really consider that. I didn't, and I'm being completely honest with you, I, 
it was one of the reasons that we hired you is a lot of things that we're looking for at the agency is like curiosity and people that are kind of energetic about solving problems. Other skill sets can be taught, but you were very curious and loved to dig deeper. And that was very interesting. We were actually kind of naive to the fact I had no idea. And then a lot of it was kind of given to me after the fact about certain paperwork. And just for anyone listening, like the paperwork is minimal. And honestly, it's been almost no lift on my part, but I can feel the stress on your end and in our, some of our conversations. So for any people hiring out there, don't feel nervous about ever hiring someone on a work visa and like definitely never let it inhibit you. And I think like the experience you bring to the table is actually more valuable because you're, you're coming at it from, like I said, perspective is so important. And when we think about diversity in the workplace, diversity means a lot of things, but perspective is a part of that diversity is like, how do people think of the world? How do people, and in marketing, that's important because we're talking to people and having different perspectives helps that. And so that was very interesting when we look to hire you like we didn't we didn't really consider it but at the same time it's it's kind of worked itself out but the more that we've spoken through the year it's kind of brought to light how nerve-wracking it can be to be in your shoes and so so much respect for the journey that you had and the passion and the fact that you were willing to kind of take that leap of faith and hopefully you know it continues to work out moving forward so feel an amazing support (laughs) system no um yeah i just i mean we were talking about this, I know, with some summer, there were some paperwork things. And, you know, in your shoes, the immense pressure that you must face is, like, not even close to what we face. So um, happy to help in any way possible. So, and there's no easy way to pivot. But uh, you've been in the position for 10 minutes, uh, or 10, 10 minutes, 10 months. <laughs> Maybe it's felt like 10 minutes. Um, what have you kind of taken from your first year on the job? What would advice, you're not starting off in your career, but you're starting off your advertising career in advertising. What have you learned about kind of client relations, doing the work? You know, sometimes as a coordinator, you're a little bit more behind the scenes. What have you learned this year? Are there any pieces of advice that you'd give? First important thing before launching any campaign, (laughs) get clarity. It's extremely important. It can be clarity getting from a supervisor or even from a client because the client may intend to say that they want a particular campaign goal. But that's not what their end goal must be when they report back to their higher-ups. So it's very important that you talk to them, you align the campaign goal with their expectations and way back to what their higher-ups are expecting. So communicating is important. Don't even shy away from, like, you know, pushing back. If if you think a campaign goal is not going to get them the end result, be sure to do your research, share information with the client, and have solid backup Again, we are in data, so have solid backup data points as well as information. And just don't be shy to talk to someone or like don't be shy to speak up if you did a mistake or you screwed up. It's very important that you say it up front immediately because eventually it comes down to we talk about company brand image. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, screw up and you don't talk about it, it doesn't look good, not just on yourself, but also on the company. So it's very important to speak up. Yeah. You hit on a point there and we, we notice this a lot. And as we're growing as an agency and we work with clients where you could claim there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen is communication. It's amazing how much clarity is a perfect word for it. We communicate a lot, but a lot of times there's not clarity in that communication. And, you know, sometimes it's harder to speak up, right? Because you'll say, oh, we'll figure it out later. And then before you know it, it's maybe too late. And then all of a sudden there's a disappointment because of that miscommunication. And so a great perspective there. And I think that a lot of people could learn from the word clarity. So not just focus on communication, but getting clear communication is probably 
So important. So you knowing that will help you as you grow in your career, because as you start to lead more projects and move in your career, you're going to know and you're going to be able to communicate that downwards. Because I think about myself, I sometimes get, oh, we'll figure it out because I've been around the block enough times to be like, ah, it usually works itself out. We'll figure it out. But actually, sometimes coming in with fresh eyes, you can poke holes in the process and see that we're not getting clear, clear information. And it is a little bit muddy. And so being crystal clear, especially in an industry like advertising, where there is a level of service and you're spending money on people's behalf. That's one thing about media. We're spending people's money. And if you spend it incorrectly, there can be repercussions to that. And so that's that's really good um, feedback. And I love it. Kind of some more questions about kind of work in the modern workforce. This is one I want to ask about work from home, right? So we have an office. Um, we're at a WeWork. I think maybe once every week or two, we get together maybe a little bit longer at times. But when you're working from home, do you feel like tethered to your desk during work days? Do you have, do you have flexibility? Do you feel like they have flexibility to get work done when you need to? Or do you feel like tethered? I know sometimes personally, I'm of that mindset. Like, even if I have nothing, I feel like I'm doing and I'm just messing around on the internet. I still feel like I have to be at my desk and I'm like tethered to that desk between those kind of 830 to five o'clock hours. And do you feel that burden? Is that still existing even in work from home? Or do you feel like you can get away and take a walk? I've been trying to take more walks and even 20 minutes, I feel like so guilty just getting away for 20 minutes. Like, do you, How do you feel about work from home and kind of that desk situation? I'm feeling the same. I, It's like a mix of uh, my husband has got a great balance on that, maybe because he's working in the industry for a longer time than I am. I constantly am in a mix of always feeling guilty even if I go for a bathroom break <laughs> and I miss like a random sync call yeah. versus like you know okay I have flexibility I like I'm done at five o'clock and then I can cook I can go for a walk I can like you know uh, call friends chat with some someone like mm-hmm. I'm still like struggling to be honest you really talked about that point that to find a fine balance because there's a fine line between taking undue advantage of like okay you can like just relax and like okay I've done my job and I'll just be like and then there's the extreme which I'm struggling is I'm always like glued to my chair because yeah. like I'm like okay if I'm I feel you like you want to be available at every moment yeah, in case something comes up in case and yeah. I, I feel yeah. like if I miss it, it it can be perceived that okay well, like to work from home you weren't there to attend yeah. the calls so like well, and I'm especially with you being remote I don't get to see you or, or other people don't get to see you so you feel like you feel like you're slacking if you miss something well speaking of it's actually a bad pun but like slack example yeah. you can do these huddle features now and it's like you ping someone and you don't really know that you're getting pinged and it's kind of your quick way of connecting but if you miss one of those i get what you're saying you feel guilty because you feel oh what was tanuja doing <laughs> she missed this huddle she must have been Watching TV and, you know, not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I said that once. I think I was grabbing lunch and I got this quick huddle. And my husband was like, why are you going? You can just, like, put your status. Here. I was like, no, no, I can't do that. He's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm like, I need to, like, again, like, being, like, at the entry level, you you always have that. I don't think, like, as my boss, you're doing that or as my yeah. supervisor. But, like, you always have that in the back of that, okay, I yeah. want to prove myself. I want to be 100%, even if I'm, like, work from home. but. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it shows, That's something I, mean, I it, need to learn more on. It's both a good trait and a bad trait. It's a good trait because it shows you care. It's a bad trait in the sense that work-life balance and just finding those breaks and accepting that you can't be there for every single moment is okay. And I think that is something I've personally struggled with, with all of work and work from home is just 
even those tw- like taking a tw- I've been trying to get away from my desk because sometimes I just feel numb staring at my screen and taking a 20 minute walk. It's amazing how guilty I can feel at times. And I'm trying not to look at my phone for those 20 minute walks or whatever, however long is the, uh, the walk is. And that's, it's tough because I've been kind of trained. And so I'm even trying to break that mold. That's why when people say I have an appointment at two o'clock or three o'clock, I'm trying to say, it's no big deal. We're going to be fine. Just to set the tone a little bit that it's okay to miss things here and there, or that if you're not in line for every single moment, it's going to be okay. But that's a tough one. And you clearly like feel that burden. And it'll be interesting to see how other people, as they ask that question in future kind of discussions about how people feel the burden, right? Because if you think about like the version of, we haven't brought up quiet quitting, but like quiet quitting is this idea of just doing the bare minimum, right? The bare minimum feels like you wouldn't feel guilty about those things, but you clearly do because you're trying to prove yourself. And I think it's your hunger for the, your job and excitement, which is like a great trait. But finding that balance is going to be something that we all have to kind of evolve to in the future. It sounds like you're on board with that. Correct. Yeah. So getting a little bit personal and I know this is maybe a tougher question and I, I'm a fairly blunt person, so I'm not going to feel too guilty asking it, but a little bit guilty Um, as a woman. Right. So do you kind of feel any limitations or wanting to have family and kids? We've kind of talked a little about this just in social conversations and we're a small company and each person is valuable. Like, I've hopefully not given that perception that there's guilt associated, of course, but how do you feel about like maybe raising a family and working in this industry in your future? How do you take that on? Do you feel like as a woman, do you feel a little bit of a burden of trying to have a career, but also, you know, you may want to have a family and how do you, do you think about that often? Is that something you're aware of? Do you feel like guilt? Like I think about this when I think about my wife and her career and we just had a kid a couple years ago and just, she's very passionate about her career as a teacher. And so how do you feel about that topic in general, especially because you're kind of getting started in your career in the U.S. and trying to like maybe build momentum? Right. Um, I feel I do think about that topic sometimes on back of my head. But honestly, I'm I'm not worried about it because as a company, you have set the tone that it's kind of um, flexible. Flexibility is very important in today's generation. And I feel the role that I am in right now, or maybe the industry that I am in right now, it's more data-oriented, technical, which can be done. Like, even if there is something critical that comes up, I can do it from my desktop, from work from home. So when I say work from home, that has been like uh, the solution that I see that even if tomorrow I want to have a family, this will work out. I will still be great at my career as long as my employer is okay me missi- missing a meeting and then, you know, getting back at my work in the evening if there's something that comes up earlier in the afternoon. Yeah. So, like, having that flexi- flexibility at work is important, but also I don't feel that I have to, like, slack on or it gives me the power to think that okay I can give my 100% at a project like if the deadline is tomorrow and I'm like okay I'll submit it by tonight but like I won't be working in, in the afternoon yeah. but I'll get it done yeah. because I don't want to submit a low quality performance like kind of report but I want to do good at it so I think I I feel fairly fine but if you ask me a question if I was a doctor yeah <laughs> I I would be stressed like kind of some kind of professions you have to go in person but I'm glad that I'm in a profession which kind of empowers me. Yeah. But yeah, when you think about those, like some kind of duties, I think only a mother can provide. Yeah. Those kind of things can thus feel for me like a limitation that I don't want to miss a meeting. Yeah. But 
I think it's all about uh, a communication with your employer and how supportive they are. Yeah. Uh, that's it. I yeah. think you can be, you can excel. Yeah. That's it. A thing that probably doesn't get talked about enough in work from home is that people talk about flexibility and like the commute. It's all like vanity stuff, right? But you're talking about like real life applications. So I have a two-year-old. The amount of times that for sick days, yes, if he's sick and I have to watch him, maybe it's kind of a day off, but I can still get 20% of my work done and then and then figure it out around that. Or if I have a, a friend in the industry, she works on more of the sales side, but she has a, a, a newborn. I think he's like six, seven months at this point. And yeah, days are busy and she has daycare, but it's still able to get done and she doesn't have to spend so much time commuting and that she, she does her you know daycare and she can kind of dedicate the time between, let's just say, 8.30, 9.00 and 5.00, but doesn't have to spend 30 minutes each way driving and doing all that. So it, it provides, like we're from, provides more family flexibility to have life events, things that pop up. I mean, I can't count the number of times my kid has been sick in the last six months and having a flexible job even myself, regardless if I was the boss or not. So that's a really interesting perspective about becoming a mother and in a work from home environment, which is going to be continuing, you know, regardless of, you know, these, it it feels like we can't go back at this point. And so, because we can work at a desk at any desk in the world. So um, I'm I'm happy that you feel that way because it's, that's good. I don't want to feel like having a family should stifle your career. It should just be a part of life and that your career should coincide with that. So that's really good. Yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, I'd love to get your parting thoughts about your your view of kind of the industry. Are you excited for the future of marketing? Do you feel like there's a lot of growth opportunities? Do you feel like the the industry is setting you up for success based on what you can see? And I know it's a very broad question, but you know, not asking where are you in five years, but just do you feel like that the runway exists and that there's a lot of opportunity for you? Yes, definitely. But uh, when I say a lot of, there's so many platforms that come up like every single day, I think I would go back to again having a strong clarity of what your passion is and just sticking it out. Like there are a lot of opportunities, a lot of platforms, a lot of new things to try, but you have to be very smart and very sharp focus on what you are good at and aligning that with are you really passionate about as well as having yeah a thorough knowledge of what's happening in the industry but not to get lost in the chaos i yeah. feel like because there's a lot of things out there and people would you can get drowned about like i don't know this or like the guilty feeling of knowing that okay there's so much of information out there and mm-hmm. i don't know that but then you need to be like you know stay steady yeah. and maybe win your race like win your <laughs> career goals yeah. whatever they are uh, but run, yeah, you have run to your be, own race. Yeah. yeah, run your own race. Don't because today everyone there there are a lot of certifications. I I go out there and I get intimidated. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I'm like, is it just because I want to have that thing of okay, I I have X Z Y all the certifications. But is it really empowering me or giving me that happiness of what my passion is about? Maybe yeah. no. Yeah. So. I think the theme of today would be clarity and communication, right? Clarity is a part of your communication and then clarity in your goals and what's important to you. I think you have great perspective and it was great talking to you today. And I know obviously you work for DNW, so we get to know each other, but like these personal conversations, it just, you know, gives me a different view of you and I, and I love it. And I loved our conversation. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) We'll edit that out. Thank you everyone. Uh, Until next time.